Welcome to Sights and Sounds, a series of podcasts presented by the Gotham Center for New York City History for Open House New York Weekend. In this episode, May Joseph talks about Governor's Island, the small landmass just south of Manhattan, which for much of New York's history served as the city's military guardian protecting the harbor. It is now, after decades of obsolescence and invisibility, a vibrant if yet secluded park whose future in the hyperbuilt city is still anxiously debated. Joseph is a professor of social science at Pratt Institute and the author of Fluid New York, which explores the many ways residents have begun to incorporate the city's archipelago ecology into plans for sustainable use and leisure. She's also the founder of Hermotten Theater, which produces site-based outdoor work exploring the history of New York through its architecture, design, and natural environment. For more podcasts like this and for more Gotham Center programming, visit us at gothamcenter.org and sign up to our mailing list. Thanks for listening. At the tip of Manhattan is a small landmass called Governor's Island. Standing on the southern tip of the tiny island, one is gripped by the intensified drama of the confluence of bodies of water. Here, the Hudson River, the East River, the Raritan River, the Veranzano Narrows, and the New York Harbor swirl around the island's tip and open out to the Atlantic. Before January 2003, the mysterious island had remained intractable, a forgotten aspect of New York City, inaccessible to the general public, gently contoured against the Atlantic haze. Governor's Island was a bearer of early New York history whose connection to Manhattan, though geographically intimate, had been formally separated through much of the city's urban past. 172 acres and barely 800 yards off the southern tip of Manhattan, Governor's Island was a beautiful, ghostly presence, home to a prison-like structure forbidden to the public for all of its colonial and modern history. Barring a brief moment under Dutch rule from 1652 to 1664, when Norton Island was made available for the public's leisure. Over its 400-year history, the island came to be a fort, a prison during the Civil War, a U.S. Navy base, and a Coast Guard base, subsequently shut down during the 1960s as a U.S. military base, its title given to the United States. Originally a Native American settlement for over a thousand years, the Manhattas called the site Paganac Island. Its colonial Dutch name was Noten Island or Nutten Island. The pre-colonial landmass before landfill was a tiny area. The Dutch bought the island for the price of two axe heads, some white beads and a handful of nails, according to an embossed plaque mounted on the island in 1951 by the government of the Netherlands. A little-known fact about Noten Island is that it is the site of the earliest Dutch settlement in New York City before the sale of Manahata to the Dutch. The first group of Dutch settlers stayed on Noten Island till the Dutch Fort Amsterdam was constructed on Manahata. Archaeological remnants of a wind-powered sawmill built by the Dutch West India Company in 1625 to 1626 on Noten Island established Governor's Island as a site of the oldest Dutch remnants found around New York City to date. Governor's Island serves as a reminder of the changing technologies through which New York City's prominence as a world city has emerged. The structures of forts and battery on the island's interior outline the invisible history of New York's prominence. During the 18th and 19th centuries, 
Hidden amidst fortified barracks and dungeons, the island concealed the military armaments undergirding New York's free and democratic demeanor. The little island off Manhattan's tip was the residence of three armed forts equipped to defend New York, Fort Jay, Castle Williams, and the South Battery. The presence of a British cannon on the island, dating to the Revolutionary War, is the sole remaining marker from the British occupation of Governor's Island from 1691 to 1783. A pen and ink illustration from the Revolutionary War period of a man on a peculiar contraption, half submerged in water, suggests the militarized nature of the island's waterfront. Halfway between a rudimentary standing bicycle and a suspended chair, the contraption known as the Turtle was an early prototype of the submarine. Efforts to develop torpedo techniques during the Revolutionary War, while unsuccessful, paved the way for the island's emphasis on maritime warfare technology up to the First and Second World Wars. Multiple logics shape this distinctive island. The fort city is the most striking planning logic that guides the eye and mobility. That logic still structures how people experience the island today. Cars are not permitted on the island. Limited ferry access between June and October, coupled with limited transportation options, walking and bicycling, along with pedicabs and tandem cabs that groups can cycle on, creates a sharp disjuncture between the military feel of the landscape and its current use as a public park. Car-scale roads from prior military vehicle eras make the enforced pedestrian scale perambulation a dislocating and surreal experience for the visitor. Governor's Island's folk logic is a sort of modern dreamscape. It creates the unique juxtaposition of sinister penitentiary violence and breathtaking harbour vistas of the most spectacular skyline in the world. Downtown Manhattan against the Brooklyn and Manhattan bridges with the New Jersey shoreline and Ellis Island across the waterway. Walking through the 18th century stone ramparts of the forbidding Fort Jay, a star-shaped construction built in 1794 with a drawbridge and a dry moat, the modern visitor enters colliding spatial frameworks. Quotidian reminiscence of daily life emerge within the militaristic logic of the fort city, as neat kitchens with modern amenities sport lace curtains amidst the gunnery on the battery. The fort was built to contain barracks for a thousand men. It housed a well for water, a hospital, and kitchens. In its later incarnations, it became a slice of suburbia with a Burger King outlet, theater, bowling alley, and parking lots, creating a provincial feel at the entrance to the most dynamic city in the world. A row of 10-inch Rotman guns still poised across the battery of Fort Jay foregrounds the heavy military arsenal protecting Manhattan's harbor through the last two centuries. The historic import of this well-preserved fort city is far-reaching. Governor's Island remains a marker of the shifts of surveillance and warfare technologies from land and sea-based informational systems to the modern air and electronic data systems that rendered obsolete the gigantic fort cities that were constructed as signs of military prowess at strategic vantage points such as islands, cliffs, mountains, and shorelines, 
along the Dutch East Indies Company's and later the Dutch West India Company's outposts. The restricted access to the island has preserved the layered contexts that have transformed Governor's Island through time. Dutch, British, Native American and American influences all lie in the thick sedimentation of Governor's Island's soil, as has been revealed in recent archaeological digs, where Native American settlement debris of 4,000 years ago has surfaced alongside Dutch remains from the early 1600s. Governor's Island is an archive of disciplinary logics, surveillance imperatives used to drive the design of buildings, landscaping and the island's traffic flows. Its structuring sensations as one cycles around the island evoke a dramatic contrast between leisurely freedoms and military surveillance. Drawbridges, moats, guns on ramparts, cannons and a circular sandstone battery complex that doubled as a prison with extensive fortifications reinforces the penitentiary aesthetics of the island. The remarkably unaltered state of the barracks and the round, cheese-shaped Castle Williams with its three floors exposing prisoners' cells, generates a vernacular of force and regimentation that oddly transforms into a theme park as tourists cycle through these grim carceral constructs. Castle Williams was a notorious prison for Confederate prisoners of war, who were held in its dank cells without access to the outside. Built in 1811, Castle Williams contained 1,500 prisoners at its height. The circularity of the battery on Castle Williams, along with the circular shape of Castle Clinton at the tip of Manhattan, completed the same year, leave us a visual vernacular of New York's colonial history. Together, they open up less visible questions of power, repression, violence, acts of war, and territorial occupation that underlie such architectural statements. The forbidding facade implicitly reminds us of the brutality of the Dutch and British occupation of Native American land. The red sandstone walls of Castle Williams begs the question as to how the city of New York should develop a site so rich with New York's military history. Should it coat the rawness of the island's brutal edifices with more contemporary details, or leave the island's fortifications as markers of the island's journey to a place of public enjoyment. Confronting the penitentiary logics of Governor's Island is to enter a shadowy world that shaped the prominence and security of New York Harbor as a world destination. Governor's Island signifies the culture of security and fear of conquest that characterized the founding of the city of New York, marked by the departure of the British regiments from Governor's Island in 1783. While the military role of Governor's Island diminished after the Second World War, the island remained a strategic location for aviation during the 1930s. Fiorello La Guardia, the mayor at the time, campaigned considerably to make Governor's Island a public airport. In 2007, the debate as to what to do with Governor's Island became a public issue, as Donald Trump made a bid to buy it and privatize the property to turn it into an island of luxury condos. The resulting public outcry and responses with counter-proposals by the city resulted in a competition to propose a design for the island. A Dutch architectural firm, West 8, won the competition. 
Its vision of a unique public park with bike-sharing arrangements and a system of gondolas connecting Brooklyn and Manhattan, designed by Santiago Calatrava, was received with great interest by the public. West 8's design of the new series of four themed hills on the southern tip of Governor's Island is one of the most exciting coastal redesign projects to shape New York's shoreline. The sequence of hills function as storm surge barriers reinforced by recycled demolition waste and pumice stones from Greece. Designed as undulating curves in anticipation of climate anomalies, West 8's landscape architecture is a contoured habitat of trees, shrubs, and plantings that have been strategically cultivated to bolster the island's resilience to climate change. Completing the success of Adrian Goes of West 8's ecologically sensitive design is the New York Harbor School's educational experiment in marine ecologies and the sustainable, innovative undertaking by Peter Malinowski called the Billion Oysters Project. Intention with these environmentally engaged projects are other competing ideas with mixed impact implications for the island's sustainability, such as the New York University campus with student and faculty housing, a replica of the Globe Theatre to be constructed within Castle Williams's structure, a convention centre to compete with Jacob Javits. These high-impact initiatives are less committed to the call for an ecologically nuanced development plan that protects the biodiversity and natural environs of one of the last low-lying regions of New York City. As of 2018, the island's future still hangs in the balance. Enjoy the serenity and calm of the island while you can, as Governor's Island's future is about to change in ways that will lose the public park feel of the island. Mayor de Blasio has just announced the opening of the public review process to rezone 4.5 million square feet of Governor's Island for mixed use to draw new tenants and investors. There is talk about establishing a hotel, an Italian spa, fine dining restaurants and more high visibility music and drink festivals like Oktoberfest. A luxury glamping enterprise is already in effect for a pricey sum of $850 a night. The encroaching reality of Battery Park-style private development threatens the many low-impact opportunities for public enjoyment that have been created on Governor's Island. The island has emerged a popular pastoral destination for New Yorkers of all stripes. Picnic Island, Pleasure Island, Party Island, Art Island, Performance Island and Leisure Island are some of its emerging identities. Artists of all persuasions have been welcomed to present their work through festivals, performances and art exhibitions on the island. As one of the first performers to participate in the newly opened Governor's Island in 2005, I recall enjoying the deserted and rarefied art that emerged out of the Figment Festival, a local art festival that was one of the first public events to draw attention to the newly civilian space of Governor's Island. Fitman Festival initiated a tradition on Governor's Island for an innovative space for public art and site-specific art that engaged with environmental issues in myriad ways. Artists and performers of every stripe was encouraged to perform on the island every summer, creating an innovative space of imaginative reclamation of New York's largest outdoor environment downtown. Offering an otherworldly counter to Manhattan, 
Governor's Island presented a highly restricted environment with no residential or commercial enterprises. Despite the red tape entailed around permits required to produce work outdoors, the utopic space of Governor's Island allowed a sensation of controlled freedom. Artists could create public sculptures and installations on Macadam and in buildings within the parameters of the Parks Department rules. The Governor's Island Ferry, a designated ferry route with hourly service that until recently ended by sundown, has been extended until midnight for occasions, making Governor's Island a party destination for night revelers. This idea of an island of revelers is a whole new concept of a public park that has not been realized on such a scale before. Governor's Island's geography allows it to entertain utopian experiments. So far, it has successfully experimented with a summer festival of public art, a sustainable vegetable garden, masquerade parties in turn-of-the-century clothing, an annual polo tournament, environmental fairs, an ecological educational site, a faux nouveau Dutch island, and now a destination for high-end tent camping. What worries ecologically-minded New Yorkers who love the island is the direction of the voracious development being planned without much heed to the concerned voices of the people of New York who value the island's remoteness, seclusion, calm, and biodiversity. Many New Yorkers regard Governor's Island as a welcome respite in the midst of one of the densest cities in the world. The island is an opportunity to cultivate a sustainable, public-minded, and locally sensitive mixed-use environment that is accessible to the largest number of New Yorkers of every economic means. Whether this is the direction that developers shaping the future of the island plan to go is anyone's guess. The ideas thrown out so far suggests big development with corporate interests that threaten to destroy the rare and precious ambience of nature, respite, and harbor beauty that a great city desperately needs. The prominence of Governor's Island as a major New York destination emerged into New York's public consciousness during the summer of 2009, aided by the marketing and promoting of the island through the news media, word of mouth, and the buzz of its destination as a center for international art and theater. Governor's Island's transition from a secluded island in the middle of one of the world's most prominent harbors to a major public destination is a reminder of how New York's landscape is constantly shifting in its inflections. For many seasoned New Yorkers who claim to know everything about New York, the views from Governor's Island are a completely new experience. One realizes that the twin circular batteries of Castle Williams and Castle Clinton, both built in 1811, are symbols of a New York that once had an architecture of fear as its most prominent edifices. Today, these two remnants from an earlier period of colonial encounters are reminders of older narratives of occupation and conquest, of arrival and departure that shaped New York's image of itself. Watching the replica of the famed ship of the navigator Henry Hudson, the Halverman, float around New York Harbor in September 2009 on the 400th year anniversary of the invention of New York City, 
drew into historical perspective the importance of Governor's Island as the site of the first colonial settlement following Henry Hudson's quote-unquote discovery of New Amsterdam. The island appears once again ready to invent itself as a destination where the city's beginnings and its future visual imaginings engage each other. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sights and Sounds. Be sure to check out the rest of our podcasts at gothamcenter.org and sign up to our mailing list to find out about other programming here at the Gotham Center for New York City History. 